The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors. And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, another round of Ask the Medical Experts. Jay Oliver here, your host each and every week. We delve into the Great Peconic Bay Medical Center and get uh, the uh, the great experts on as far as uh, what makes this wonderful institution uh, do as it does and uh, do it incredibly well over the many, many years. And a great topic today regarding uh, Dr. Brett Ruffo, who is a colorectal surgeon over the PBMC and is our guest as far as the expert is concerned. What we need to know here, very important. Dr. Ruffo, welcome. Thank you very much. Great to be here. It is good to have you here. Let's get into a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do as chief of uh, colon and rectal surgery over the PBMC. Go ahead, my friend. Sure. So I'm a Long Island grown. Uh, I've been here my whole life and unfortunately lost my father to rectal cancer at a young age and dove into colorectal surgery and felt uh, Long Island was a great place to build a program where there was a significant need. So I came out to Rivet in Peconic Bay and been working very hard to bring a high level of care to uh, this area. And with their help and assistance, we've uh, created an excellent program and we treat a wide wide array of diseases there, including colorectal cancer. And um, we're very satisfied and happy with our results so far. Very good. And it can be prevented in a lot of ways. We'll get into that during the course of conversation. Let's get into colorectal cancer itself. What exactly is it? Warning signs about it as far as our listeners to be aware of, my friend. Go ahead. Sure. So, you know, cancer is a very complicated disease. It's basically when some of the body cells kind of grow uncontrollably and they kind of do bad things to people. Uh, Cancer typically starts from a polyp, which is kind of some abnormal growth. And it causes these uh, changes and causes a growth to occur. Colon cancer itself uh, can present in a variety of different ways because there's a significant amount of locations and various locations of tumors. So, But some people will present with various symptoms, abdominal pain, change in bowel movements, sometimes blood in the stool, sometimes fatigue. Uh, but most importantly that people should be aware of is that most colon cancers are asymptomatic. A very high percentage of them uh, are, un- are really asymptomatic, which is why screening uh, becomes very important. And this is a very valuable uh, tool for people, especially in this month of uh, colorectal cancer awareness. It's great to be part of these conversations. Question. You know, you hear colorectal cancer, we hear colon cancer. Are they one and the same? They Believe it or not, they're, they're all connected to the same plumbing, but they're in different locations. And they're different. They're actually they're the same types of cancers, but treated differently. Gotcha. That's uh, always a question of mine. Uh, talking with Dr. Brett Ruffo, colorectal surgeon. So um, when... Should you get a colorectal screening? You know, screening because it's interesting. You know, you get uh, some documentation a couple of weeks ago that now the groups that are younger uh, have been noted to get it. Uh, they should be screened a little bit earlier. Are you a believer in that? I am. I, I think that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up. We we have seen the incidence of colon cancer increasing in younger age groups. It's hard to know exactly why or the cause and effect of that. Whether it's whether it's better screening, we, we're not we're not really sure. But the screening ages have dropped over the past couple of years. We were screening the average person with not a significant amount of risk factors, because of course there are certain risk factors that can lead you to be screened at a much earlier age. But we're screening most people, recommending at 45. In the African American community, I'm recommending 40 years old because they have a higher incidence of developing colon cancer. So at age 40 uh, is when I recommend screening for 
the um, average person of an African-American and 45 for the average other person. Uh, listen, uh, it could be diet. I think a lot has to do with diet. Maybe I'm incorrect in saying that, but I think, you know, with with all the choices out there, not to denigrate fast food altogether, but there are a lot of choices out there that I think we are prone to uh, on the run and everything else. I think that's a big factor, no? I think it's a huge factor, and I think it needs a lot more attention. We have to start focusing on preventing uh, preventing these illnesses and these problems. I think diet is probably one of the most under-discussed problems in the country right now. And that's that's for universally for many, many illnesses. There's a lot of processed foods, and we're seeing as we eat more and more processed foods, unfortunately, chronic disease is going up in the country. So maybe it's a focus all of us uh, physicians and uh, healthcare workers need to start focusing on to see if we can be more preventative in our approach. Question, Dr. Ruffo, a fascinating category here. Colorectal surgeon, PBMC, ladies and gentlemen, as the, the medical experts. Dr. Ruffo, um, the lifestyle as far as risk factors, uh, what should listeners be aware of? And obviously, uh, we just discussed diet, which has always been on my head, in my head as far as being one of the big factors there. But uh, what about other lifestyle colorectal cancer risk factors out there right now? You know, we're showing that, you know, sedentary and active lifestyles seem to you know, relate and correlate with uh, cancer. And that's not just simply from colorectal perspective. Smoking, alcohol, all the things that you would typically typically think would be, would be associated with, including obesity. So we're thinking that we're thinking exercise, certain things that can be protective. Now, there's some there are some data on certain uh, things like aspirin and calcium, but the reality for that is you can't just recommend supplementations because I don't know that the evidence is strong enough. And we used to think that fiber is protective, but I don't know that that data is so strong either, but that is the recommendations from the societies. I think the, some of the most important things is what you touched upon. I would start limiting processed foods. I think that that's the simplest approach. Be more active, more exercise, limit your alcohol intake. Certainly no smoking is uh, recommended, and I think that's a very good start. I think you're right, 100% with Dr. Brett Rufo here. And we're talking what you need to know regarding uh, colorectal cancer, which, you know, is on the rise, ladies and gentlemen. Let's face it. We've got to be aware of these things. Um, let's right. get into the polyps. You brought up the polyps. Interesting. Um, colorectal polyps. Explain to that to the audience. And do patients, uh, doctor, with those polyps uh, removed previously have a higher risk of developing colorectal cancer? Let's get into that. That's a great question. And, uh, you know, when it comes to polyps, I think the simplest way to define them without a lot of the medical jargon is it's just simply abnormal growths that occur in the colon. The great part about these polyps is that they can be removed at early at an early earlier time before they develop into cancer as we get into the screening. But not not all polyps carry the same risks of developing colon cancer. So to the, to the other part of your question, it's difficult to know. But just because people have a history of polyps doesn't necessarily mean that they're, they will develop cancer at a higher rate than someone else. It really all depends on the pathology of the polyps. And I think that that's what's critically important is once you can sample them and you have some results from a pathological perspective, you can really help guide patients better from a screening perspective. And it's a simple screening. It really is. It, and listen, I had it done a couple of years ago, uh, and it's 15 minutes. It's the best sleep I ever had, I always say. Uh, <laughs> we hear that a lot. You know, it really, I tell you, if somebody wakes up as early as I do every day on this job, uh, you know what? You appreciate the stuff. But you appreciate it even more when you get a clean bill of health 
And that's uh, the point of it all. It's simple. It really is. Uh, it's a simple screen, and you get it done. And this way, you have a peace of mind, correct? Agreed. I, there are various screening tools, obviously. I think the, the reason that I think colonoscopy is just so valuable is because you can remove – it's a truly preventative screening test. It, you see it, you remove it, you call it a day. I like that better than any other test because you can really be preventative in your approach, and you can also get immediate you know, results and pathological diagnosis. Now, of course, there's a many people that are fearful of certain screenings, such as colonoscopy, and I always think that that deserves a conversation with your physician to help educate the patients. But there are other tools out there that people can use if they're so fearful, because at least there are some other screening tests that are available, but I strongly feel that colonoscopy is the best by far. No question. Are you a uh, believer in this Cologuard stuff? I mean, it's all over as far as the advertisements are concerned. What about that aspect? You know, with all due respect to Cologuard, I think I think it's a great supplemental test, and I think it's great for people who are maybe too ill to have colonoscopies or for people that are really fearful. My one concern with any other screening test, and it's not a hit on uh, Cologuard or any other test, is that it's an assumption, right? We take it, we think it's negative, we think it's positive, or if it's positive, you still need a colonoscopy. I kind of think that almost leads to more anxiety for patients, but that's just my personal opinion. I think if they're going to do nothing, yes, of course, it's a great test. and I'm not, It's certainly good for the right person. But my concern is that it still doesn't allow you to be as preventative as colonoscopy because colonoscopies can be therapeutic as well as diagnostic. And I think that's why it reigns supreme. And I agree with you. I kind of agree with you. And listen, I'm not in the medical field, nor do I play one on the radio. But I think <laughs> the surefire way, uh, folks, is to get that screen. I mean, the screening is really uh, the foolproof uh, if there is an issue. Uh, and if it's an issue and you, it's caught early, and that's why the screens are in place, right, Doc? If it's caught early, the be, you know. Uh, so, you know, that's something to keep in mind. All these other things in play, they're fine, okay? But the sure file way is to get yourself screened. Now, we're going to have more conversations as we take our break here. Uh, and it's a good, good topic, uh, ladies and gentlemen, because we're right in the month as far as awareness. Colorectal surgeon Dr. Brett Rufo and the Peconic Bay Medical Center ask the medical experts. We will return after these messages. Uh, talking uh, with Dr. Brett Rufo. He is a colorectal surgeon over at the Conic Bay Medical Center. Yes, another round of Ask the Medical Experts. Jay Oliver here, round two, your host. An important topic of conversation. Uh, as we get into this with an awareness month and everything else, uh, screening is out there, ladies and gentlemen. That's the sure way as far as making sure you are up to speed. Doc, let's get into the treatment uh, of it all, if one is diagnosed uh, with colorectal cancer, how has it gone about with the treatments now? Sure. So colon cancer and rectal cancer, as we kind of touched upon earlier, it's it's um, 
it's a complicated treatment course, and we're very, you know, we have to plan it out thoroughly based on where it's located. And I think that's what people have to understand. Number one, it's not a death sentence. I think that's critical for patients to understand. It's very treatable, especially if caught early. So depending, we often, when we, people are diagnosed with cancer, the first thing we have to do is work it up appropriately, develop a great thorough plan, work with our, work with our teams collaboratively, and we build a plan that works best for the patient. So all cancers are not treated the same. Yeah, that is a key here. So um, I was reading the PBMC team. The colorectal surgery team utilizes these uh, robot, robot-assisted uh, surgery-type techniques. How has the use of this type of tech revolutionized uh, your uh, your way of doing things? The level of care patients receive. The robot, the robot is. Uh, it's funny because patients actually think it's a robot operating on them. It's 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 a very fancy tool and it's fantastic. It really helps us be more precise with our dissections and it helps us really keep patients uh, from staying in the hospital longer. They're they're able to be discharged sooner. Uh, these, this is it's a great tool because it really helps to improve the recovery. The operations are the same whether they're open or robotically, but having these tools has really been beneficial to patients from a recovery perspective. Uh, is it more in the uh, in the arena of uh, laparoscopic type laparoscopies uh, being performed in and around? It, it's similar in the idea. The great part about the robot is the ergonomics and the uh, the ability to to uh, for dissection is really nice. Uh, and I t- I tend to um, use the robot a lot for almost all of my uh, big open ca- big cases now, and it's been very beneficial. And especially for some of the rectal cancers, which get more complicated in the pelvis. I do believe this is an amazing resource and tool, and it allows our dissections to really um, achieve great margins and great and great resections for patients. Uh, now, along with treating colorectal cancer, your department also, from what I understand, they treat a wide variety of other conditions. Uh, what are the most common conditions you treat, and and what are the treatment options for those? Well, believe it or not, I'm like as much as I do these big complicated cancers, I'm like primary care to the anus. So when we take away like hemorrhoids and all the things that bother people's uh, Tushes, so to speak. We do a lot of that, and that's really helpful for patients. We do a lot of diverticular disease, inflammatory bowel disease, and all the things that are benign in nature but are also complicated. So we have a highly complex practice associated with some of the more basic, simpler uh, problems that patients face on a regular basis. Gotcha. Uh, then we're talking with Dr. Brett Rufo, ladies and gentlemen, uh, colorectal surgeon, PBMC, as medical experts. Um, are there any health trends you're currently seeing, Doc, as far as uh, Eastern Suffolk County uh, regarding colorectal health. I think I think a couple of things. One of the things we are we are seeing the rises in cancer, but I think one of the trends that's been really nice for us is we're seeing more we're seeing more collaborative efforts when, when it comes to screening. The hospitals are working together with the doctors and the programs and the GI docs and the colorectal surgeons, the primary care. There's been a really aggressive uh, approach to start improving screening, and I think that that's one of the biggest trends that we're seeing, and it's very very beneficial when we all work together. Because we're still only screening probably only close to 50% of the people that are able to be screened or should be recommended to screen. So I think the more we all work together, uh, that's going to be the, that's going to have the biggest impact on reducing this illness. No question. Uh, I think it'll be key uh, without question. Do you think people are, are kind of more in tune, pandemic over and everything else? I know a lot of things were on hold now. Or do you see an increase as far as patients uh, coming into play regarding this now? I sure hope so. I think that the uh, you know the pandemic that's a whole other conversation in itself. Uh, unfortunately, you know it, it certainly had an impact on a lot of uh, a lot of people. So I just I really encourage people to hopefully be able to put some of the uh, fear aside and get their preventative health, get their preventative screenings because in the long term it's going to be very very beneficial and important for them to be back in the 
back in the preventative teams. You know, I know a lot of people listening to this right now, and they're probably wondering where can they learn more, a little more about the the colon and the rectal surgery over at Peconic Bay. Where would they go? Sure. There's, there's pbmchealth.org. I think, you know, they kind of explains a lot of the things. It shows how you can get in contact with us and all the teams that are available and uh, willing and able to uh, assist patients in any way when it comes to colorectal surgery and or screening. Are you uh, impressed? You know, you've been at this a while regarding, you know, just the technology involved. Uh, and who knows where we're at 10, 15 years from now, right? But look at the advances we've made over the last decade or so. Are you very uh, encouraged uh, as far as what has been in play and what could be coming down the pike? Yeah, of course. It's, I mean, when you see the technology, it's coming back from a surgical surgical preciseness and safety. Uh, I think that that's extraordinarily valuable. And I think we touched upon the, the two parts of this that have to come together. We want to advance our technology and get smarter with the things that we do. And I also think prevention has to become a key part of our strategy as well to try to limit as much of uh, this cancer. Because, you know, it's really devastating to patients and their families when they're diagnosed. So I think when we combine those two efforts with the amazing technology and prevention, I think we could do a great job. You know, and I think you hit something, too, a few minutes ago, where you said, uh, it's not a death sentence. It's not a death sentence. It can be treated, but the key is catching it early, like a lot of cancers, right? If you catch something early, prostate, too, uh, your chances are really, really good. And I mean really good. However, if you don't get checked, if there are issues, as Dr. Rufo stated, your bowel movements... Your abdominal area, if there's, uh, you know, uh, a, a period of time where pain is prevalent and doesn't go away. These are all signs, right? But if caught early, I think the key thing here is it could be treated. There's no question. And, you know, and, and I think and I try to I trust patients. Patients know their body better than anyone else. So when they notice a change, I think, unfortunately, there's, a, there's fear. They don't want to come to the doctor. They don't want to know. And people get very, very concerned. I think it's very valuable to come and see us. We're happy to help. And they should be in tune with their body. When they notice changes, they should certainly come in so we can uh, try to get to them as early as possible. You know, it's that fear of the unknown. It's still out there. And uh, and listen, uh, listen, I, I go through the same thing. But I know that once I go and things are okay, even if I get a bad, bad report, it can be treated. You know, I'm confident based on the doctor's knowledge and everything else of what the tools of the trade are in place. I think people have to be confident as far as where we're at as as compared to where we were 20 years ago, you know? I, I think that's a great point. And what, what, I, what I hope patients uh, out here in the East End understand is we have such a great team now. We have a big team, big organization we work with, and we really can take care of all their needs from the, from the most simplest uh, problems to the most complex. So I, I hope that encourages them to be uh, more uh, open and willing to come and see us so we can, so we can kind of participate in their health care. You know, you took the words out of my mouth, Doc, as far as the next question. Talk to me a little bit about the staff. Every good doctor comes with a great staff, can't have it any other way. I'm sure it's the case in, in your arena. <laughs> you know, the, having, having a good team is, uh, is very important, and, we, and we're continuing to grow and build on that. And the great part is we can, you know, Epiconic, we have great teams, great OR, and we have all the equipment that all the other hospitals have as well. And I think sometimes that gets lost in some of the – conversations, but we can take care of some very highly complex uh, illnesses out here, and um, we've been doing a pretty good job doing that. I bet. I bet. I'll tell you, you know, I remember the days when it was Central Suffolk, now Peconic Bay. How important is it to have the the tag of the Northwell Health 
as far as the attachment of the Peconic Bay Medical Center, Doc? I think I think with Northwell comes resources, which is uh, really very valuable to us, right? Because they're always we're able, they were able to collaborate across systems. There's a bit, there's a very big colorectal program in the in the health system, and we all collaborate together. I have great teams, great friends. Uh, so if we have to build teams for more complex illnesses, I think the patients uh, once they understand that that we, we you know we're a collaborative effort. I think that that's where Northwell comes into play because it's really allowing us to have all the tools and resources uh, that the system can apply. Yep. And again, folks, if you look at the changes over the last 15 years since my affiliation, as far as the great town of Riverhead is, because actually I go back to 2001, uh, over 20 years. But the changes is just amazing as far as what has occurred there. So uh, you feel very good about it. Feel very good about it as far as uh, everything in play. One more time, Doc, as far as the listeners out there, where can they get more information on this very important topic we're discussing today? Yeah, I think at pbmchealth.org, I think that's where they're going to find. They're going to find a lot of information. Also, help us get in contact with us and, and all the other uh, departments that uh, collaborate in screening. So, I really, I really encourage them to uh, do some research and please look at the sites and contact us at any time. We're happy to participate. Doctor, very informative, really informative today, and we can't thank you enough for a couple of minutes, Doctor Brett Rufo, colorectal surgeon, and the uh, Pecanic Bay Medical Center. As far as asking medical experts, thanks again, Doc. You have a great day. Thank you. You too. We'll do it again next week, uh, ladies and gentlemen, as we do another round of Ask the Medical Experts. As far as the Great Pecanic Bay Medical Center is concerned, this is Jay Oliver. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. We'll see you again next week. Stay safe. More importantly, stay healthy. Take care. The views and opinions expressed on this program are not necessarily those of this station, JVC Broadcasting Management, or its sponsors.